¿Qué tal? Bienvenidos de nuevo al, al podcast sobre Borderlands, Thinking About Borderlands or Thinking From the Borderlands. So today I wanted to talk a little bit more about the connection between the creation of the Borderlands space and the different migration trends, migration flows, migration movements or displacements of people from one region of the world to the other and how it all you know, it is all connected. There's always um, a movement that happens, um, an issue or an event that happens in one part of the world will be reflected in a very distant part of the world. Um, that's why when we think about migrations, we always constantly connected to the butterflies and butterflies effects. So this idea of the butterfly effect doesn't come from the social sciences. It comes more from it comes from meteorology, no? And then from that it jumps into natural sciences and other kinds of sciences, into and then finally into chaos theory. But let's just go back a little bit and talk a little bit about this idea of the butterfly effect. In summary, it means that small changes can have larger consequences. So if you think of a butterfly. When a butterfly opens its wings and moves the wings, um, this very small movement can end up causing a, a tornado in another faraway region where this initial movement of the butterfly wing happened. No? And that's what it's called the butterfly effect. So what, what am I talking about this if I'm talking about borderlands and migrations so because the events are uh, things that happen in some part of the world maybe a natural disaster maybe a war a public policy that affects uh, a region in a country ends up impacting having a larger impact in another region of the world so that's kind of the the metaphorical connection that I'm making here Like I said before, when we are thinking about migration and migration trends, we need to always think about its connected nature. So anything that is happening in one place will be reflected in another region of the world. Of course, you know, this, this connection can be in time, colonial connections. Uh, you know, so this would be like a long-term um, connection. We can also see more current connections, like um, when there's a natural disaster in an area, well, their people will be displaced from that area and they're going to have to move. And they will move to the maybe the, the closer areas or maybe they'll, if they have um, connections, family connections in other parts of the world, then they'll take the ultimate decision and move to this other part of the world. That's, there's different factors that determine this. No? So one thing that I wanted to focus on this specific podcast was 
to talk about the, the new or the most recent migration trends in the region, the US-Mexico region or Central America, Mexico, US region. No? When we talk about this migration in this region, it, the focus tends to be mostly on the peoples that are from this region. No? So Guatemalans or Hondurans or um, Nicaraguans or Salvadorian people that move, that migrate from the, their point of origin to the U.S. and you know they cross through Mexico. So that would be the the most typical transmigration through Mexico. No, but trends have been changing. Um, I would say the last decade have been has just demonstrated this this shift. And the reasons why people migrate in most or if not in all of the regions of the world vary. The first one is economic reasons. That would be the the reason most people think of why people migrate. No? But then the, in the last decades there's um, more, particularly in this region, is regional violence has been a key factor for the displacement of people. And then another key and very important factor is family reunification. So this is a driving force for um, migration, not only from Mexico or the Northern Triangle in Central America, but also from other regions of the world into the US and I'm, I'm assuming into like Europe and other parts of the world. No? What has been increasing as a reason has we, um, in the last decade would be natural disasters or environmental displacement. No? What I call corporate displacement or displacement because of uh, development projects that move or create or displace these people or impoverish a, a region and create the need for these people to move. Or just, um, for example, if they build a dam or they start exploiting um, the mines in a certain area. That has an environmental impact and also if it's a dam, then they displace the people from wherever they um, build the, the dam. No? In the last two decades, what we have seen in our region of the world is that immigration trends have changed. To the traditional migration movement of people from Central America, new groups of people have appeared from other parts of the world and, um, well, other countries. No? So the first ones that stood out were the people from Haiti, Cuba, and Venezuela that um, in the middle of the last decade, they started um, coming through Mexico to come to the US. So it's not like these are populations that want to stay in Mexico. Mexico is, is just uh, on their path towards the US. The question that researchers have keep asking is what determined the change, the change of these routes? What, why did did the people from Haiti and Cuba didn't go straight 
from the Caribbean into the US? Why do they have to go the, this long route, no? So the responses are different. Uh, there's depends on the year and the group. Especially unique is the Haitian case. Um, the Haitian population mo moved, was displaced from Haiti um, in, in a particularly intense way in 2010 when they experienced the earthquake. And while some people came to the US, a lot of other um, moved towards Brazil, towards South America where they found uh, opportunities, the opportunity to make a life of it in that region, particularly in Brazil, which was um, getting ready for the Olympics and the World Cup. No, so they had a lot of employment at that point. No, then with time, then Brazil experiences its own economic crisis, and that uh, makes the Haitian population start looking for opportunities in other areas. Some went further south towards, um, you know, Argentina, Chile, but then some other groups started moving towards um, other countries within South America, but towards the north. And then finally, some of them just decided to come to the U.S. as the place where they they knew they could find opportunities. You know? And their route took them towards Mexico. And most people in that first wave uh, of people from Haiti that were coming from Brazil, they used a route that took them to Tijuana, which is the furthest point from the southern border. It's, uh, it's further than if you went through the Gulf Coast. So that's what happened in 216 to 17. We saw here at the California Baja California border a significant amount of people from Haiti coming here and trying to cross. They started to cross. Then finally, the, in that moment, it was still the Obama administration stopped the, the crossings by starting to deport, um, directly deport the people that were crossing. They didn't give them the opportunity to uh, request asylum or any other options. So. Once the Haitian uh, people that were still in the, on the Mexican side saw this, they stopped crossing because they didn't want to go back to Haiti because they haven't been in Haiti for a long time. Uh, and there's no opportunities for them in Haiti. So that's what happened back then. And then last year, we saw again another movement of people of Haitian nationality coming to Mexico arriving to the southern border and so they started in late 2020 and then in 2021 um, we saw the biggest conflicts there we've been talking about this new trend that was established um, in 2016 by um, Haitian people that began to migrate from South America you know, their own migration journey began in 2010 from Haiti and then they moved to South America and then they ended up coming to to the U.S. using the route from Mexico. So this, this movement that we thought was unique in 2016 and 17, really what happened is that it was a new trend that was beginning at that moment. 
and it has continued and while many for many maybe their their initial idea was to go to the u.s many of them have now decided to at least stay in mexico for the moment so whereas in 2017 around 400 people from haitian origin requested refugee status in mexico by 2021 that number had climbed to 26,000. so that's a big jump and it just shows this uh, shift and this new trend in this region no? and maybe uh, some of those people will continue their journey towards the u.s later no but this is what the data is telling us today and these new trends in the americas you know it's not just the haitian population and the other big group has been the cuban um, population and the Venezuelan population and both those other two groups one the Cubans um, the change begins when the Obama administration decided to end the wet feet dry feet policy that gave special protection um, to the Cubans that arrived to the U.S. once they were inside the U.S. they got the protected status which is something that the other populations of migrants that arrive to the u.s they don't get that you know so cubans have had this privileged status um within the u.s this ended um when the obama administration decided to change this policy in which would begin in 2016. so the previous before those two years before that year a lot of cubans started to um try to arrive in the U.S. before the beginning of, before the end of the policy, I want to say. And we can see that the data tells us, shows us that. And, but that, that, um, which would we would have thought that that would have ended in once the policy ended. But no, that started another trend of, of movement of Cuban people through a different route because Cubans have, you know, kept coming to the U.S. But they've tried directly from, you know, from Cuba to Miami or Florida. But now the route goes through Mexico. And that trend has continued, no? And with the data shows us that. And then now some Cubans have also requested refugee status within Mexico. Um, and then the other group, Venezuela, with the, the economic crisis Venezuela has been experiencing, and we saw a movement of Venezuelans within the region, within South America, and then they slowly started moving towards Mexico, and some of them ended up in the U.S., but some of them have just stayed in Mexico and have requested protection, refugee status within Mexico. So with this, I'll, I'll close this episode of our podcast with just talking about the new trends within the Americas. And our next episode, I will talk about the new trends, but from people from other regions of the world. Thank you, and I hope you enjoyed this podcast.